are listening to MD Holistic Healing with Dr. Raphael Kelman, holistic medical doctor and internist, as well as best-selling author. To reach Dr. Kelman, please call 833-MD-HELP-ME. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME. Visit him online at kelmacenter.com. Here now is Dr. Raphael Kelman. And you're listening, yes, to, to not only does MD help me, but it's MD Holistic Healing. Um, Zev Brenner in conversation with Dr. Raphael Kelman. You may know him that he's a founder of the Kelman Wellness Center based here in Midtown Manhattan. It's the premier integrative holistic medical center known worldwide for treating all thyroid conditions, autoimmune diseases, fatigue, gastrointestinal disorders, Lyme disease, cognitive decline, hard to diagnose health problems. Dr. Kelman is founder of the Microbiome Medicine and best-selling author, and he has treated tens of thousands of patients using his holistic approach. And you can always find him at the KelmanCenter.com online. And he also has the EM Sculpt machine, which helps people lose weight. So, Dr. Kelman, good to have you back. We're going to have a guest in just a few moments. But uh, welcome. Good to speak with you again. Yes, that's good. Great to be on with you, as always. And I have to tell you, I, I spoke to somebody just the other day, and I'll introduce that again. We're just waiting for him to call in. Uh, is that one patient told me, oh, they swear by Dr. Kelman because where other doctors didn't help, he helps. So that's, I think, your motto is that if you've gone to other doctors and that hasn't helped you or worked for you, call Dr. Kelman because he. Yeah. Can... Well, yeah, we, we treat a lot of unexplained issues, you know, that that's kind of the, the specialty, the unexplained uh, problems. And um, as we always say, it's you know, the holistic approach. That doesn't mean that, um, you know, absolutely against the medications, but it's not a pharmaceutical-driven center. It's a, a health and healing-driven uh, center. And sometimes, you know, we, we use pharmaceuticals, but mostly what nature provides, as we always say. And a very um, fundamental type of medicine that focuses on cell function biochemistry, how, how genes express themselves, which, you know, as I always say, this is really what medicine should be about. The pharmaceuticals, that it should be uh, maybe 10% of the practice of medicine, but it, 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 right now it drives the practice of medicine, and it's the just the pharmaceutical uh, medications, interventions, and the way um, they understand what health is about is basically what doctors follow and that really is not the way to properly you know treat people um and really help and this is why so many people continue to suffer with so many um unexplained problems and chronic disease now we're waiting to speak to dr englard arthur englard who's immunologist and who also deals with covid and other issues but i'm curious to get your take while waiting for the doctor is I heard a theory with the new variant from South Africa. That's that. So from what I read and what I heard, it only gives people a sore throat for a scratchy throat for a couple of days and a headache. Uh, but I, what I heard one doctor say that by getting it, it may be the best kind of vaccine because that can vaccinate people not to get COVID in the future. And if you heard yeah. that, and what your thoughts about it? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting that if it is true that it's uh, less virulent, uh, yeah, it's incredible how it's evolving actually to be less virulent. But we've been saying this from the get-go, that for the, the young and the healthy, it's better that they're exposed 
um, while we, you protect the, the elderly, because then more people will get the best protection, which is the natural protection, uh, when your body mounts its own um, uh, antibodies. So yeah, this theory totally makes sense. But we don't know exactly how what kind of re, how severe and virulent um, the Omicron variant is. I mean, did you hear something new that they 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 do know now? Because that's so far from what I understand is that they're not yet sure exactly how virulent it is. So there's a lot that we don't know, but you know, I, I, oh, should we be panicking right now? Oh, I, no, I, I, well, we said we should never have been panicking. <laughs> I have on with me uh, a very famous doctor. His name is Dr. Mark, um, and he's going to weigh in on this, too, uh, about COVID. So um, welcome. Welcome, Dr. Mark. Oh, such an honor to be here with you, Zev. Okay, Likewise. So, so what, what do you think about all these things, what's going on? Because I'm hearing that most doctors have one have a similar opinion. About what? You know, yeah, about dealing with COVID and vaccinations and wearing masks, and we should, even if you've been triply vaccinated, that we still have to be very cautious because we don't know. That's what I get to hear is we don't really know the full extent of what this virus means and does. Because just when we think we're out of the woods, back back to square one again. Right, right, and you know this could go on forever. You know, another var- another variant, and then another variant, and. You know the vaccines will go on forever. Um, that's that's my biggest concern. Uh, you know what's next, and it, does that mean there'll be another booster or another vaccine? Um, and I think there's only so much that you know the body can tolerate, even if you feel that that it's not as dangerous as some of the, um, the some people are saying. Um, but if you th- if you get one vaccine after another after another, this is not. Uh, you know, uh, just injecting uh, water, it, it, it absolutely will have some negative consequences. And I think that people should, uh, you know, should be should be aware of that. Dr. Mark, what do you say about that? I'm sorry, say it again. Say, say it again. I want to get your opinion what Dr. Kelman just said. Oh, oh, yeah, here, here, here's Dr. Mark. I completely agree. I, I'm, I'm not so worried about COVID. I, I see a lot of children. I can tell you that I'm only about to prove that I agree with myself. But a lot of other people agree that children don't have so much to worry about. I can't find one other pediatrician who recounts that his patients have struggled with COVID or that there are any long-term consequences associated with COVID. We look at the interesting data from Denmark and Sweden that show that Younger children who were not quarantined, who attended school, didn't turn into a reservoir of COVID, and teachers and administrators didn't fall prey to COVID. We know that when people advise us to get the vaccine to, not for me, but for we, protect grandma, do it for the team. Well, that rings pretty hollow. We know from really good data from the UK and from Israel that uh, people who are vaccinated do colonize and do spread uh, COVID to other people. And in fact, there's a study from The Lancet uh, that was that was done by uh, Oxford University physicians in Vietnam who showed that it's very clear that uh, people who are vaccinated with COVID clearly are contagious 
with or potentially contagious with uh, with the virus. But what happens in two years? What happens in three years, five years, ten years, if you trace the link between vaccines and triggering demyelinating illness, triggering autoimmune disease, and even compromising fertility? We have no business engaging in large-scale mandates. Vaccine availability, great. I believe that the illusion of greater safety in the community really is good for people who choose to get the vaccine. Vaccine mandates, pretty sinister. We just don't know what's going to happen. And, and look what's happening in Israel now. I mean, there's so many people getting, getting COVID. And they're, and they're, so many Israelis now are vaccinated. I think it's over 80% or 85%. So why is there, why are there so many COVID cases today? So, so we have to ask ourselves, what's the rationale? of vaccinating children what is the reason now if they say well they're they're spreading and more people are likely to get covid if they're if they're not vaccinated well i mean look at look at look at these look at the countries like israel where children are getting vaccinated and 85 percent of the country is vaccinated and yet there's still the covid is on the rising so the, the the logic is just not there and so we have to really ask ourselves why are we vaccinating children? Uh, what's the benefit? And I and I and we don't hear a good argument because, as, as Dr. Mark said, the spread they're still spreading uh, the vaccine the, the virus even if if you're vaccinated. And and the proof is in the pudding. We're seeing that in spite of the fact that so many people are vaccinated, so many children are vaccinated, COVID is on the rise in Israel. Um, and I, and I think that we need to reckon with this question and not just assume, well, you vaccinate, you're protected. And, and, and we don't get herd immunity uh, with this vaccine. And let me take this opportunity to introduce our guest for tonight, Dr. Arthur Englert. Uh, he is an allergy and immunology specialist based in New York City. Uh, he completed his residency at Boop uh, Memorial Medical Center, and uh, he has been he's a specialist in this field as well. So, Dr. Engler, we want to thank you for joining us on the radio tonight on the program, MD Holistic Healing. Uh, thank you. We've been talking about the vaccines and vaccinating children. What is your opinion about having children being vaccinated? Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, um, if you look at the statistics, the real statistics, not what you hear from Fauci, not what you hear from the CDC, when, when you look at real studies, you find that children just don't die from it, healthy children. Um, why would a parent, which is beyond me, give a five-year-old a vaccine when that five-year-old of it healthy five-year-old has almost no chance of dying. They, they did a, a British study a few months ago. In England, they have 12 million children. Out of the 10, 12 million children, 10 children died from COVID. The odds were one in 1.2 million. The odds of getting hit by lightning are one in 700,000. Why would you give a child something that's experimental, that we have a lot of questions that need to be answered. It could be the greatest thing in the world, these mRNA vaccines, and, uh, and they are the wave of the future, but right now, we don't know that. And, and, and it, it's probably going to have to be tweaked for a while before we really know. 
why give a five-year-old, why give a child something that in general, all they'll get is a mild cold from? We don't do things like that. We don't give experimental medications to children just for the sake of giving it to them. That, that, that's what I don't understand the whole concept of, of giving it to children. You know, so, you know, so they throw something at you. Well, that's to protect, protect other people. Since when do I want my child vaccinated to protect you or protect somebody else? When it's something experimental, when we have in the literature questions about what it may do to the immune system and and and, and we got to deal with it with a child and especially now if we're giving this vaccine that we see doesn't work very well and you have to give it every five six months can you imagine charts starting a five-year-old on this every six months giving them this vaccine it, it, it just it just sounds very odd to me so what's a parent <laughs> supposed to do when the schools are mandating it or you have counties that say you must take it and you pointed out some very good questions uh, regarding it. So what's a parent supposed to do? I've been asked that question numerous times. I haven't got an answer. I, I, I can't answer that. I'm not, I'm not a police officer. I'm not a lawyer. I mean, I, it bothers me very much that the yeshivas are mandating it as well, that they're, 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 they're falling into line. And uh, I, I don't know what a parent is supposed to do. Uh, I, I know for myself, I, I told my children and you have to go out and get this COVID. I don't care if you get it, you know, and, and, and same thing for my grandchildren. I have young grandchildren. You know, I, 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 I you know, I, I don't mind that they get it. I'm, I'm not I'm not afraid of it for children. We know we have a very good profile of where it's dangerous and for who it's dangerous to. I mean, we know we knew that before it even got to the United States. We knew that from Italy, from the Milan area, where it came from, and the, from you know, it came in to the United States from Milan. And we knew that the, the, the average person who dies is 78 years old. Almost 80% are obese or have diabetes. So we know who really needs this vaccine. What do you want from young, healthy people? What do you want from a 25-year-old? So you're going to tell me, like, you know, they're going to, Blast headlines every time, uh, you know, some 25 or 30 year old dies from COVID. Yes, it happens, but they die from flu. That doesn't make headlines either. More children die from flu than from COVID. Uh, it's not a childhood disease. We've been very lucky. It's a disease of old age, not only old age, but old age with other factors, with other contributing factors. So, by and large, this is this is not uh, uh, something that I, I believe everybody needs. And this whole hysteria, this whole you know, take it or you'll die, take it or you'll die. Yeah, you know, people people in general don't die for it. Yeah, you hurt, you hear heartbreaking cases. I have a friend whose son-in-law was thirty-one years old and passed away from it. It's heartbreaking, but in, in general. This doesn't happen. And when it comes to children, it's just hardly seen. It's just death in children is just not on the map. And help you know, I'm, I'm totally in, was totally in agreement with you, but I want to present their argument, which I disagree with and I think is terribly fallacious, that their argument is, uh, I think, <laughs> uh, uh, I think the ones who really analyze this, their argument would be uh, we're doing this because in order to uh, eradicate uh, this virus or to reduce its transmissibility significantly, that we have to uh, vaccinate children as well. Now, that, that may be their argument, um, although there are still many of them that are saying, well, it is dangerous to children. But leaving those 
people aside, but the ones that are saying, well, this is the best way to finally uh, end COVID. Here's what, the problem. What, what would be your counter argument to that? Here's the problem. I, I, I have... I'm a PhD in immunology from Cornell Sloan Kettering, and 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 my residency, my my, my fellowship in, in medicine was in immunology. So I, I've done immunology all my life. Here's the problem: when people say that, it 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 it's it, it, it's it's very misleading. That could happen. And yes, if we were able to get herd immunity with this vaccine, I would say yes, maybe it's worth a try. But this, but this. Vaccine does not give what's called sterile immunity. What is sterile immunity? If you took the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine and, and your body encounters these viruses, you can't get infected and the virus will never grow in your system. Now, we know that people who take this vaccine within a few months and within six months, they're getting sick, but within three, four months, their antibodies are low enough that they can get infected, maybe not very sick, but still get infected, and the virus will grow in their system. So with this vaccine, we can't reach herd immunity. It's a very inefficient and a very weak vaccine. Uh, um, it, it's different than the other vaccines we, we generally take. And, and you know, you can make an argument either way. For instance, they're arguing, well, because the unvaccinated was seeing all these variants, you, you can argue equally uh, if equally from a, from, from, a, from a virology and from a immunological point of view that weak immunity actually puts selective pressure. If you have this virus, you have like some antibodies, but not enough to stop it from multiplying in, 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 in your in your system, that you're actually selecting out mutant strains. Uh, that, that you know that it's just the opposite. It, it's not the the uh, the unvaccinated, but it's the vaccinated because there's more selective pressure on the virus. It's just like when you when you, when you have a strep throat, your doctor tells you to take 10, 10 days of antibiotics. Why? Because if you take only five your feel, days worth, you're feeling great, but you still have those extra bacteria in your tonsils and your throat that are more resistant, and you've got to wipe them out. Didn't they realize this from the beginning, that this vaccine is not going to be like the vaccines of the past? Or, or do you think that they thought that it would be like the vaccine of the past? I have no idea what Pfizer knew or didn't know. All I know, and all we all know right now, is this. We know that when they got the emergency authorization last year in December or so, it was about after three months of study, and they came out, and the reason they got the authorization was because they claim they have 95% efficacy against infection. Now, had this study gone on a normal amount of time, most of these studies go on for six months a year, had it gone on for six months, they would have been told, logically, by the FDA, go back to, to, to step one. I mean, I mean, we know that after six months, it's not effective at all. So, so, so again, what they knew, you know, maybe they thought, you know, it's going to stay that way, that, 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 that the antibodies wouldn't disappear. Maybe they thought it would, they developed T-cell immunity from this. Um, but, but, but it, it hasn't happened. I don't know what the company knew. I have to give, I have to just say at this point, I'm assuming they, they assume that, that it would last a lot longer. I don't think anybody <laughs> expected it. 
Now, so once they went down this road, let's say they, you know, they innocent in the sense that they didn't know. Um, so how do you respond? You know, you see, the, the, now you're beginning to see that, wait a minute, this is not going to really create herd immunity. This vaccine is not like the vaccine of the past. So, you know, if they would be, you know, have your opinion, uh, our opinion, what could they do at that point? Could they backtrack and say, well, let's just forget this whole approach? Or, you know, is the second shot, the booster, uh, a possible way to get out of the mess? Did they, or should they have, should, or should they have realized then that, that that's not going to really make a difference? Well, look, we know that the vaccine works for at least a few months. Um, so in some way, if you forget about the, the potential dangers of that vaccine, yes, it's working for a few months. And for some people who, who are vulnerable, it's better than nothing. Now, nobody expected it, you know, that you'd need this vaccine every five, six months, like Israel is now doing it every five months or so. Um, what they should do, and, and I, I don't see them doing it, is actually starting from scratch with a really good vaccine. You know, in the right. United States, we're, we're not working on it. Um, uh, you know, Israel's working on something called an Orvax, which um, hits the virus at three different spots instead of just a spike protein. You get antibodies for, for, for the three different areas. But Pfizer, with all the money and billions of dollars they're making, I, mean, I think they're making $1.5 billion a month, should be working on a decent vaccine. It makes no sense for people to take a vaccine every five, six months. Uh, having said that, what we're seeing with the booster shot is that the antibody levels are going sky high, very high. So the possibility does exist that 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 uh, once you get the booster, you may not need it a, a, as soon as six months, like after the second shot uh, originally, but only time will tell. But we're seeing <laughs> everybody gets a booster, gets very high antibody levels. So what about what about the failure in this country from from leadership to fail to acknowledge the real value of natural immunity versus vaccine induced immunity? The Cleveland Clinic in early June came out and said, if you had COVID, we compare groups of people who were and were not vaccinated. And their recommendation and their pro-vaccine was clearly, if you had COVID, don't bother getting vaccinated because those unvaccinated were no more likely to have recurrence of COVID than those who had COVID who were vaccinated. I, I, I think what's going on is... It is again. I use the term criminal, but I, I I've been using the term criminal a lot in, in this in this whole epidemic. Um, Israel showed this originally before the Cleveland Clinic, even that people who have natural immunity um, uh, are, are much better protected than those who have the vaccine. A new a study came came out in the New England Journal of Medicine last week or so. In uh, from Qatar of all places, Qatar, or how we how we pronounce it, Qatar, uh, showing that that people who have natural immunity uh, they can get infected with the virus uh, after a number of months, six months, but they never wind up in the ICU. And, and this study was uh, went up to two hundred and seventy-seven days, so nine months after their infection, 
that they 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 will not get very sick. So even though their antibody levels are low, and Israel found the the same thing. They found that people, even though their antibody levels are negligible, they still don't get very sick. So it means that natural immunity induces not only antibodies, which which just may be, you know, one of the avenues the, the, the immune system is working, but the more important is what we call T-cell immunity, the, the T-cell levels. And, um, and if they develop that, they, they, they may not be getting sick. I mean, there, there have been studies, and, and you can stop me if I, if I go on too, too long, but early on in, in the epidemic, we would, I'm talking about in, 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 in about May, June 2020, there were two studies that came out, one from Singapore and one from Mount Sinai in New York, together with La Jolla in, uh, in, uh, in uh, California, La Jolla Institute of Immunology. It showed something very interesting. It showed from Singapore, they showed that people who had the original SARS virus in 2003, the, the first coronavirus epidemic, still had T-cell immunity 17 years later. Uh, not only that, but, but those people also had some degree of immunity to the current COVID. So there was a course reactivity. From Mount Sinai and La Jolla Institute, they found that about 40 to 50% of the population in the United States have some sort of T-cell immunity against COVID-19. Now, that does, now, 40 to 50% didn't get COVID at that time. We're talking about uh, 2020. Um, um, but it seems that there, there are four coronaviruses that are part of the common cold spectrum of viruses. Jim, unfortunately, we're running out of time. This is fast. We have to have you back. I mean, there's a lot that we have to learn. Dr. Arthur Engler is our guest. He is an immunology specialist here in New York City. And, of course, you're listening to MD Holistic Healing. Dr. Alfield Kelman, he is the founder of the Kelman Wellness Center. And we also thank Dr. Mark for joining us. If you'd like to reach out to Dr. Kelman, you can call him at 833-MD-HELP-ME. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME. You can also catch him at KelmanCenter.com. That's KelmanCenter.com. And each week we're going to present different medical experts dealing with... Maybe you can come on again next week or you know, or sometime soon so we could uh, continue this conversation. Absolutely. Fascinating conversation. So sure. uh, I thank you. A 30-second question. Should kids be wearing masks like two, three-year-olds in school? Absolutely not. I didn't think so. Gentlemen, thank you for a fascinating program. We're going to pick up on this. And uh, really, there's so much to talk about, and we only barely scratched the surface. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. You are listening to MD Holistic Healing with Dr. Raphael Kelman, holistic medical doctor and internist, as well as best selling author. To reach Dr. Kelman, please call 833 MD Help Me. That's 833 MD Help Me. Visit him online at kelmancenter.com. Have you been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Hashimoto's, or colitis? Are medications not working or causing side effects? Dr. Raphael Kelman, an internist and pioneer in holistic functional medicine, finds the root causes of these problems and heals them using natural treatment methods. His approach has reversed diseases in thousands of patients, and he can help you too. 
Call the Kelman Wellness Center at 833-MD-HELP-ME for more information about how Dr. Kelman can help you feel your best. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME. Learn more about the Kelman Wellness Center at kelmancenter.com. The phone number again, 833-MD-HELP-ME. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME. 